0: Episode 88, Nir Bashan, CEO, creativity expert, and author of The Creator Mindset. You want to just crawl into a hole somewhere and die after you make these types of mistakes. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes, because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. For links, show notes, and more, go to markgraben.com slash mistake88. Please follow, rate, and review. And as always, thanks for listening. Now here's our conversation with Nir. Our guest today he is Nir Bashan. He's coming to us from Orlando. He is the CEO and founder of the Creator Mindset LLC. Um, so, Nir is a world renowned world renowned. Here, let me go back. No, I'm, I don't edit out my mistakes. Sorry. Right. I don't do that intentionally. That doesn't that work point.
1: on a mistakes show, right? It's got a, <laughs> I it's I got catch a cloud. Myself. I catch
0: myself. So Near is a world-renowned creativity expert. He's taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the world how to harness the power of creativity, um, and uh, we're going to be able to talk about that. Um, his company, The Creator Mindset, produces workshops, consulting, coaching, and speaking engagements. His clients include AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, NFL Network, EA Sports, and JetBlue. So those are uh, very well-known names. And uh, Nir's book is titled, it was released uh, in August 2020, so it's available now, The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. There you go. It's been translated into two languages. So Nir, thank you uh, for being here. What, what two languages?
1: um i spanish and french i believe but i have to take a look
0: very cool very cool that's uh, that's a great sign that the uh, the book is going to have a uh, worldwide impact yeah i'm hoping yeah well thank you thanks for joining us here today How, thanks for having me mark uh, yeah so um my stumbles aside it's not my favorite mistakes just my most recent <laughs> public mistakes near what would you say is your favorite mistake
1: um, there's a lot, uh, there are, it's probably too many to choose. I think, uh, I think it, in business today, we're, we're so all about our successes, right? We want to project this image. You look on social and everything looks so good. Like, oh, wow. You know, I made all this money in real estate and look at me. And, um, we, we failed to do exactly what this show is set up for. And I think it is incredibly important to start talking about, the things that don't go well. Um, for me personally, I had a production company in Hollywood for many years, um, and we released a movie, and it did pretty well. Uh, it's very popular, and I ended up doing nothing afterward—just absolutely nothing. No follow-up, no you know uh, similar product or service, and just nothing. And I literally rested on the first, you know, semblance of success on that first little bit of good news or, or uh, revenue or whatever you want to call it. I just kind of, I, I was like, ah, Hey, this is great. Everything will continue like this forever. And what I learned was that, you know, if you're not continually innovating, continually creating and changing and adapting and introducing new things and testing and then seeing if things work or not and and adjusting, then you're you're forever relegated into the dustbin of history. And it's exactly what happened with the company. The production company went out of business. I had to let go of staff, and um, I regret it. I mean, it sucks. And anybody who says That these things are, you know, amazing moments or what. They're not. They're horrible. They're terrible. And, you know, you want to just crawl into a hole somewhere and die after you make these types of mistakes. Especially because staff was like, hey, we should do this. We should do that. And I was like, no, no. I know more than anybody, you know. So I think it's several, like, mistakes that came together, Mark, to, like, make one big mistake. Wow.
0: But I think the thing near that makes it a favorite mistake is that learning that comes from it, as opposed to being, um, you know, a a gloomy story. You know, the show is not called My Biggest Mistake. It sounds like like the favorite mistake and biggest mistake are not always the same thing. It sounds like here there is some overlap there. Like how much time has passed since that? It's
1: been several years, so more than 10 years. And I think it's one of my favorite mistakes because I learned that you need to continually grow, innovate, change. And, you know, it's part of what I do now is I help companies overcome that same exact mistake that I made, Uh, whether they're, you know, uh, airlines or hardware stores. It's really all about understanding that, you know, everything changes. Nothing will stay the same for any Long or sustained duration of time, and the difference between a great business and an average business is how adaptable and receptive you are to change
0: and so we'll talk about that more you know as it relates to your business and the uh, the companies that that you're working with I mean, I'm just curious a little bit um, about You know, I I know nothing about what goes involved into being a production company of how that gets started or what like the what would the follow up have been that you had hoped for? Would like, you know, would writers come to you with scripts and say, I want, you know, directors and people would come to you and say, hey, Nier, I want you to take on and, and produce this project or what what did you think was going to happen
1: so it was a uh, a documentary about cooking that we sold to universal and we had a bunch of really i i didn't have good ideas i did nothing right that was my mistake <laughs> but uh the staff and everybody had really good ideas they were like let's do pop-up cooking and let's tape you know 5 minutes of a celebrity chef and you know talking about a recipe all this wonderful amazing great stuff and I literally thought that you know why why would you spend money on anything let's maximize the revenue coming in from the sale and from all the auxiliary channels and uh, you know try to crank up the profits and it worked for a while but like everything it you know it worked for a while and then it, it kind of tanked you need to constantly innovate and constantly stay with it you got to constantly be open to change. And, and, you know, it's, it's nice because it's, this is one mistake of, of several that, you know, maybe I could call my favorite, but I, I think, you know, being a serial entrepreneur and having lots of businesses, um, I think it's good to have these things come up because that's how you learn. Um, a lot of us, I think, are hoping that, you know, we just kind of are, born with an ability to know what we, what to do or how to run a business. And I'm sorry, but experience is one of the most important realms of learning how to understand. I'm reading um, David Hume right now. And, you know, he said it in the 1730s, right? He was talking about philosophy and how people learn and, and how we perceive what we perceive. And a lot of it he sort of chalked up to experience, and unless we experience something and unless we sort of go through it, it's really hard to say that we know what it is. Um, another one of your guests, Amy Edmolson, one of my favorite, talks a lot about psychological safety and empathy, and I think it's the same thing, right? It's it's understanding and knowing and feeling and and just putting the shoe on the other foot, so I think it's very, very important today especially now with COVID and everything going on to understand that you need to continually sort of adapt and change and be receptive to how the market is uh, set up because they're just not, it's just not the market of the fifties anymore, right? Where seller a or buyer a goes to seller B and they transact. Nothing happens like that anymore. You know, uh seller a finds buyer B buyer B doesn't buy, They talk to their friend, J, you know, that goes all the way to Y. It goes back to C and, you know, somehow they connect word of mouth or whatever and A makes the sale. I mean, that's the market today. And so really understanding that mistakes are going to happen and the most important thing is what you learn from them along the way is incredibly important.
0: Yeah, so thinking about your business now, near. I mean, how, how how do you apply those lessons from your experiment of continually innovating, testing, adjusting, listening to 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 others? How do you apply that now?
1: So for me, one of the things that I do, and I think that's uh, like a takeaway that your listeners can do today. Is I don't really sell anything anymore. I used to be like, yeah, you know, get the sale, do the follow up, blah blah blah. And now I, I maybe I'm lucky enough to to work with people that I want to work with. Um, but you know, my whole it's like I have a newsletter. It goes out to I don't know thirty five, thirty six hundred people, and and I I follow other newsletters and where people send you know, hey, sign up for this twelve. You know, step course or whatever. Other authors that I really like, and I don't do any of that ever. Right? I'm I'm kind of like you know, um, if if you like the message and you like this stuff, come and find me. I'm not that hard to find. There's three three near Bashan's in the entire world, so it's not <laughs> it's not like it's not that hard to find me, right? And so, sure, um, I've sort of shifted into building relationships. I've shifted into making it fun. And I've shifted into just doing a lot of listening now when I used to do a crap load of talking and it's been really successful. And I think that's something your listeners can do today. If they're sort of wrestling with, you know what, I want to be successful or I want to increase my sales or whatever. Um, sometimes doing the opposite of what your outcome is, is an incredibly valuable tool.
0: Mm. So uh, talk about, um, tools, you know, I want to shift, um, talking to some of the things you share in your book. Again, our guest is Nir Bashan and uh, the, the book is called The Creator Mindset. And the subtitle talks about 92 tools. Um, from what I've read of the book, you know, one key takeaway from me is or the question that comes up is, you know, can you have a process for being creative? Like if somebody says, I'm not a creative person, how, how do tools help somebody um, develop that or, or use it, you know, use these tools to be creative immediately.
1: Definitely. So I get that a lot, a lot. People are like, near, this is great. You're creative. That's fantastic. You, you used to work in Hollywood and it with music and you, you must know creativeness. Um, so go ahead and do it and, uh, just teach us how, you know, teach us what we need to do to hire somebody and get it done. Right. That's generally the approach. Um, but I believe that everyone is born creative and somewhere in our lifetime, whether it's through schooling or culture, we just kind of like become less creative. We we trade the creativity for analytics, but anybody can be creative. You can learn how to do it. Really, it's relearning how to do it and relearning that wonder and that thought process that you had as a kid. I write in the book of a real recipe, right? It's a recipe on how to become more creative. It's a concept idea and the execution. You write those three things down, you get a piece of paper. I talk a lot about writing stuff down because writing stuff down is an incredibly important part of the creative process. And it turns out, Mark, that anybody can be creative. It just it's a process that you need to follow it's really not that hard i do it several times a day when i need to come up with an idea on a article that i'm writing or a keynote that i'm supposed to deliver or a workshop or whatever it is i you know i have a process to come up with this stuff and that process is not not that hard it's it's a process that anybody can do and it allows you to manufacture creativity whenever you want
0: Um, So quick detour. You you mentioned uh, musicians, and I think it's interesting from your bio. It talks about working with Rod Stewart, of course, musical realm, uh, Woody Harrelson, um, and, you know, some of the success of of winning a Clio Award for advertising, being nominated for an Emmy. What what what, can you talk a little bit more about the work you were doing um, beyond the film production company?
1: Yeah. So I worked in uh, in music for a very long time. I started when I was fifty four. 13 i I had a band when i was 13 and we were playing clubs and stuff in los angeles by 15 years old just you know where where you couldn't even get in right because it was 21 (laughs) and over but like they were like "Eh, yeah the band whatever if they're showing up um so that was really fun and that turned into going to usc fight on uh where I studied music and then I switched over to, to audio engineering and I worked on a bunch of albums as a engineer, as a producer, as a, you know, assistant, I, you know, I would coil cable if it, if it paid something and just to be around, you know, creative people. And I kind of learned really fast. Um, even from when I was, uh, was a kid that, you know, creativity is one of those things that It's like, you know, these famous musicians are not that different than you or I, Mark. It's amazing. They just have discipline. And that discipline is a process of creativity. A lot, I've worked on a lot of hip hop albums. I don't know how that happened, but I just got into that into that field and, you know, famous, famous people, um, you know, would show up with a notebook, very professional, nine to five hours. They needed to, you know, stop and get milk or diapers on the way home, just like you and me, right? It just that they had a process. They had a repeatable spring of creativity that they could dip into whenever they wanted. And I was like, I want that, you know, like that's what I want. And I asked people, I said, you know, how do you guys do it? Cause I, you know, it's, it's awesome. And I want, I want this bad, And a lot of people weren't talking, people were like, right, so down and I, I was like, okay, but that there's gotta be more. And, you know, so I worked with, with these really great and famous and wonderful people um, who were creative at a drop of a hat. And I'll tell you, I've worked on some hip hop albums with uh, with a very, very famous musician and he would go and do his, his, his lines on the on the mic for the for the part, and you know we'd oh, you know, hey, that didn't work. Can you adjust this? no problem, Shhh, flip the page and then boom, like amazing, and it's like, oh, let's try something different, no problem, flip the page, boom, it wasn't like, oh man, you know, I need to meditate and then align my chakras and then you know have a party till six a m and you know like the music videos that is not reality, that's an image. Right. And, uh, and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand that. And so it just it's a lot of hard work like anything else, like a um, a landscaper goes to a job with their tools and their process and their, you know, awareness of the soil and the growing condition and stuff like that. Same with a musician, same with an actor, same with anybody you show up, you got your tools, you got your process, you got your understanding and that set up a lifetime of wanting to to sort of. Figure out what the secret sauce was, right? And then I saw in business. I started working. I ran a uh, uh, a uh, advertising agency. I owned a uh, refinishing company that refinished uh, furniture. And and the people in the business that did well were always super creative. Mark and the people who didn't do well weren't creative. And I was like, I want that. So I would ask people then in general business, financial sector, different, you know, uh, manufacturing. How did you guys get? So creative, what did you do? Because you had a coupon that you put out and everyone said, oh, you're going to lose money, but you ended up like doubling your customer base, right? By, by the simple move. That's brilliant. And so nobody was talking. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's my secret sauce." I'm not, you know, and so over the years I started to write stuff down and my book took six long years to six long years to put together. I'm sure, you know, you, you've published too. And so it is literally a recipe of what I've put together that I've learned from different departments, different industries, different, you know, jobs, different companies that I've run on how to become creative. It's that important.
0: Um, One other quick detour before I've got one other question about the book. Uh, What was your instrument near in the band?
1: Uh, I played double bass forever and then I switched over to electric.
0: Okay, cool. I uh, I I play drums. I I still have a nice pair of drumsticks. Drums. You can probably hear them clanking nice. around. <laughs> Look at those tree uh, trunks. <laughs> uh, John Bond style. I love it. No, nah, these you know snare drumming sticks. They're 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 five b. They're not they're not that big. But um yeah, double uh, double bass, electric bass. That's my second favorite instrument when it comes cool. to jazz or rock. Um, so I love it. someday. Um, so with the book, anyway, and I love what you um, are talking about. Um, Amy Edmondson you know, wrote a blurb for your book, and you know I've interviewed her. It's a different podcast series. Maybe I can get her to join us um, here to talk about a favorite mistake. But she makes reference to the idea, really resonates with me of using mistakes to learn fast. And, and earlier, you talked about this idea of you know evaluating, not just having a great idea, but but trying it out, um, seeing what works. I was wondering if you could. You know, kind of share some other lessons related to that idea. It's not just mistakes are great, but learning and and improving and leading to success.
1: Yeah. the The thing is, the the really cool thing is that you know y- you you have full ability to do what it is that you want with what happens. We are so blessed to live in a country uh, like the U.S. in a time that we are in now that allows not only the potential for these mistakes to happen, but the potential for you to do something with them. And sadly, Mark, most people view these things with negativity, right? They're like, oh, this happened. It's terrible. It's really negative. And that's kind of my takeaway. And so what it is, is an opportunity to decide how you want to look at this particular mistake. And I found an actionable tool is just a shift in your mindset to positivity when things happen that allowed you to make the most of that mistake. So I am number one guilty of this because I usually get upset or pissed off or sad or hurt or whatever when a mistake tends to happen. And that is my first and in gut instinct. And I talk in the book, I researched why that happens and it's perfectly normal. Um, but after that happens, you have the ability to decide what you're going to do. Most people stay in that mode. They're like, ah, this sucks. And what happens is when you say something sucks, it doesn't give you the ability to solve it. It just doesn't. And when you say, okay, this happened for this reason and, you know, potentially I can, uh, I can do this, that, or the other thing, then you open up the potential of possibility, and when you open up the potential possibility, you're able to solve problems creatively. And that is something that you can never do when you look at something negatively. So for your listeners who are like, okay, I understand mistakes are great, but then what do I do with them? If you just look at that mistake, and it could be anything from a, a project management slip up on a schedule all the way to you know a, uh, a, a broad sort of look at your company – Uh, If you make a mistake and you look at the mistake in a positive way, it will open up, I promise you, avenues of solutions that were never there before if you looked at it negatively. So looking at something positively, just shifting your mindset for a second and looking at it as it can be, not as it is, will help you dramatically.
0: So I'm gonna reframe the the stumble that I made in trying to introduce you at the beginning, Nir. Um, cool. As not not a mistake, but maybe someone will get a chuckle uh, at my expense, laugh at the the mistake guy making mistakes. But I think my follow up, if the if uh, you know we're joined here by the world renowned Nir Bashan, maybe I'll just tweak the bio and say internationally recognized. For there some reason, go. that's easier for me to say. Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, rolls up a ton better.
0: I think so. So um, it's one thing to, to have a bio in print and it's another thing to uh, write for speaking out loud. Yes, so, sir. Um, we've been joined today by the um, internationally recognized and very interesting Nir Bashan. Um, his book, again, it's titled The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth and Sustainability. It's available um, through McGraw-Hill Business um, the website uh, nearbashan.com is where you can learn more about him. And um, for listeners who are wondering about the documentary, um, I, I'll, I'll save you the trouble. I went to the uh, near has an IMDB page, which is pretty sweet. And that documentary was called the kitchen. If you want to take a look at that. So um, I hope people will um, go. The, is the film available through, through the streaming services now?
1: I, I have no idea. We sold the rights. I mean, now <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago and. It was for a long time. I, I don't know now. It's, okay. it's kind of it's, it's a little bit dated now. It's you know, It's been it's been a while.
0: Yeah. Well, but near has moved on to, to other things and he keeps innovating. And, and so thank you for um, sharing that example. And thank you for what I think is you know setting a good example of being willing to share your favorite mistake. Thank you Thanks, so sir. much, Nir Bashan. Thank you Thanks for, for having me. Guests. Man, been fun. Thanks again to Nir for being our guest today. For links and information about his book, his company, his speaking, and more, you can go to markgraben.com slash mistake88. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work. And they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.